0: Hi, I'm Laura. Hey, I'm Stefan and you're listening to Attributed, a podcast library by DreamData. The purpose of it is to store and share all the knowledge that we have gathered across DreamData employees through our LinkedIn lives, podcasts and webinars. The typical topics you'll find here can be stuff like marketing, sales, B2B ads, operations, social selling maybe. Good to see you, and uh, I want to say thank you for the the beers that we we got on uh, Petal's account in uh, in Barcelona. That was a super nice uh, boat trip that you guys had arranged. Yep. Thanks. Yeah. Where, uh, where, thanks. Where are you man. at in the world uh, t- today, Patrick? Uh,
1: I'm in Puerto Rico, so I'm down oh, here. This is where this is where I live now, down in the Caribbean. So yeah, it's a good good time. <laughs>
0: Not too bad, not too bad. So what time Don't is it? Uh,
1: it's about 10 AM, 10 <sighs> Eastern. So not
0: too, not too oh. late. No, not oh. uh, I've been following your first thoughts, uh, coffee on Twitter as well.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> the one thing I'm actually gonna bring it back. I haven't, uh, <laughs> haven't had it in a while, but I'm gonna
0: uh, bring cool it back. stuff. So yeah. But uh, yeah, Patrick, I'm so eager to, to pick your brain and uh, obviously there's some, uh, wait to what you say, given the, the results that you've kind of achieved throughout uh, like your li- lifespan with ProfitWell. But the mm-hmm. idea is basically for us today, just to look at, I just checked LinkedIn. It seemed like it took approximately 10 years from, uh, from the founding of ProfitWell until this, yeah, let's call it crazy or very impressive uh, sale to, to Paddle. So I wanted to just you know go back there and see uh, what is the f- Kind of few things that come in come to mind for you that were really kind of inflictions points for the growth that you saw. Maybe if we go mm. all the way back, what was the, some of the first things that uh, that got your business off the ground?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. I think um, so. Yeah, Patrick Campbell, i the CEO, or I was the CEO, founder of a company called ProfitWell. Um We bootstrapped for about ten years. Uh, and then sold to a company called Paddle, um, which does, uh, and basically our combined mission is we help subscription companies run and grow automatically. Um, so Paddle takes care of all of your taxes, your billing, your currency, stuff like that. And then ProfitWell takes care of churn, um, pricing, um, free metrics, all that kind of fun stuff. And so, um, yeah, in the beginning, it wasn't, uh, obviously, it wasn't that glamorous. You know, it's <laughs> 10 year overnight success, as they say. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know, it's just me in a room, basically working 18 hours a day, um, solo, and so that was not fun. Uh, and so, I mean, it was fun a lot. I think we we uh, we kind of romanticized those early days uh, for for better and for worse. But in the early days, um, I think content was a big thing for us. One of our advisors um, was the the head of product at HubSpot, so we ended up getting a, a free HubSpot account, and um, I did not, I thought marketing was just like ads. Like I knew nothing about marketing, absolutely nothing. Um, I thought marketing was was Google ads because I had worked at Google previously. And so I learned about this thing called inbound marketing, um, blogging. I, I wasn't even that like voracious of a reader of blogs. Like it was just like, I didn't know what was going on. So I was just like, well, we have a free account. Um, might as well like start publishing content, right? And we had an ebook. Yeah. And then we publish a blog that would lead to the ebook. People would download the ebook. I would email the people, you know, everyone on the ebook. Um, I didn't really get it at first. Like I would try to basically sell everybody, um, you know, on, on, you know, pricing and things like that. Cause it was just a pricing product at the time. But yeah, that was, that was kind of how it worked in the early days. And I would post uh, each, each blog post, I would post it to, I'd send it to the email list that I had, you know, that I was building, even though it was really small. And then I would, yeah. I would post it to LinkedIn groups back when that was kind of a hack was to, you know, post to LinkedIn and stuff like that. So, yeah, that was that was the earliest of days, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think it's still uh, I like guess it's, it's, it's a decent place to start for most people if they start out from scratch. Yeah. If you have no reach, then you're gonna start describing what is the what what's what are you doing and also make sure that you actually redistribute it to the, the few followers that you you do pick up
1: yeah, and I think that's the thing that a lot of people like get very um, upset about or or the beginner's mindset or the kind of like beginner naivete is really important there because for example, like if i um you know, if I started now, I'd probably get discouraged because mm-hmm. it's not going fast enough, right? And it took, you know, now people look at us and we've done a lot since, you know, video content, podcasts, things like that. But like, when you think about it, all of a sudden, there's like, you know, in the early days, it was like, oh, 30 people read this thing that I worked mm-hmm. eight hours on, right? Yeah. And then over time, it took like six months to kind of get like, a bit of a following, a little bit of SEO juice, like that type of a thing. And so, I don't know, I'm, I'm kind of excited now because, um, well, the one downside you know, to the sale is I've kind of lost my audience a bit, like not completely, like obviously people on social note, but I don't, I don't own the list anymore, right?
0: And I would mm-hmm. argue like
1: I didn't really own the list either because like the company owned the list and that's kind of how it's set up. But like now I'm like kind of excited because I'm like, oh. Like I'm going to get kicked in the face again and I'm going to try to build another audience, you know, that, yeah. that I personally own, you know, my own personal audience, that type of a thing. So yeah, it's, it's interesting.
0: Super nice. Yeah, there's so many things. <laughs> I just I can just anecdotally mention that, for example, the profit well blog, I've found a ton of inspiration for whenever I've been in a situation where like, how do I improve my pricing page or uh, any kind of like, how do we set new pricing tiers? And that it, that it always showed up but I, what I really noticed was that the the extreme quality of the writing that went in there, you could really feel yeah. that it was somebody who actually cared about more than just ranking it, but also actually explaining what, what what is this content and actually wanting to tell a good story through that as well.
1: Yeah, I think that was really important because in the beginning, it was just me writing. So it was just me and um, I my... I went to school, uh, my background's in econometrics and math, but the one kind of thing that, you know, some people know, but not a lot is, um, I went on a debate scholarship. So in the States, uh, like speech and debate, like it's an activity, um, you know, it's, it's not like American football by any means, but it's like super competitive. And I went to, to the top school in the country for that on, you know, on scholarship. (laughs) And, so for 40 hours a week for four years, like a full-time job, I was basically writing, um, and speaking, um, like constantly. And I did this in high school as well. So, you know, over eight years basically. (laughs) And what that, that gave me was the ability to like, like, I didn't know what a blog post was, but I was able to kind of like, okay, so you, I need to write an article about this thing. I need to write, basically a speech. Right. And you can kind of see that in stuff. Like I actually am the one writing. Um, there's, there's a conversational tone to it. There's like very, like very structure to it because I I write in like a very specific structure. And then over time it was kind of like, you just kind of see the like quality bar that happens with certain things. Like, Mm. um, you see like, uh, you know, there's a lot of quality in terms of like, you know, what we care about. And, And that was kind of a thing that basically guided us, um, you know, in terms of, um, you know, content and things like that.
0: Yeah, I think it worked back then, but like I saw your presentation you did at Metadata's event last week. And I think you had a stat in there that like today there's like 16 times more competition or more competitors than was it 10 yeah. years ago or something like that.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing that a lot of like marketers and I think a lot of like business leaders don't understand. Um I think that like, not to rant a little bit, but I think it's like really, really important. Like you realize where you're getting your advice from because a lot of us, like we get our advice from people who were successful in from 2000 to like 2010 or 2000 to 2015. Yeah. yeah and the yeah. issue with getting advice from those individuals is they were in a market that was very different. They were looking you know, in a very different market. They were in a market where you could have like a reasonably okay product like not even an amazing product yeah. and your marketing didn't need to be that interesting it didn't need to be that successful because you were riding the wave of the internet right you know, if you look at a graph from 2000 to about 2015 the number of people who got on the internet or bought personal computers it like just exploded right and then all of a sudden we were getting these brand new marketing channels every single quarter like we were getting like all of a sudden, or like innovations, right? You had Google display yeah. network, then Google click to call. And then, you know, you know, Google AdWords in the early days were a penny yeah, a click, right? right? And then all of a sudden Facebook on. comes out and LinkedIn. Yeah. And then they're all innovating, they're all innovating down. The issue is, is like, that was a world where you just had to be good at following, right? Yeah. You, had to, you just had to be good at following. But now we're in an environment where you have, we haven't had a brand, like besides TikTok, we haven't, or, or state this better, we are now getting a new big marketing innovation every 5 years. So we had Snapchat 5 mm. years ago, we have TikTok now. And that cycle has changed so dramatically that you're just sitting in a world where like if you're taking advice from people who didn't think through the channels and didn't think through but were just really mm. good at following greenfield channels, you're just you're creating at best an okay like, you know, um same results marketing or same results growth channel, right? Yeah. At best. Right. And I think the one thing that we did, and it was just because we were wired for it, like first principles thinking with my economics background yeah. was just like, okay, like what makes the most sense from the dollars in to get the dollars out. Right. Like yeah. what makes the most sense? And that's what, you know, we kind of explored and, and really found leverage in. And I just, you know, I I feel bad for a lot of marketers right now because you have the toughest <laughs> job in the business, but yeah. a lot of you are taking advice from people who frankly like would not be good in this environment. Like that's why they're VCs now, you know, which is not a bad thing. It's just, that's, that's, that's the reality.
0: I think that's really good advice, Patrick, because it's, I've, I've felt it myself because I've been doing B2B marketing the last 10, 15 years as well. And every two years, another new thing would pop up. It would be kind of a blue ocean. For example, Facebook advertising five years ago, good quality audience, low competitions. You just wanted to push money in there and it worked.
1: Well, and, but now the problem, and that's the other issue, right? Because people are doing that with TikTok and you should do that with TikTok. You absolutely should follow these innovations. But I think the problem is, is that you have, while this is going on, the original point that you made, you have everyone and their mother starting a website, everyone starting apps, all kinds of different products. And even if you're not competing with them, like directly, you're competing with them for mindshare, right? There's so much noise. Mm-hmm. And the algorithms help with that, but the algorithms, YouTube algorithm, Facebook algorithm, all, all these all these social algorithms, but I would even argue the content algorithms, even SEO, they are helping quality. They are promoting quality. And so yeah. when I look at things like, you know, people who just are trying to rank, right? Like remember the old 500 word blog posts are just like scattered yeah. <laughs> everywhere. Right. That's, that's not a winning, it's not a winning kind of, you know, um, you know, strategy. Now there are some places you do, you do need to have like throwaway content, I would argue, or like, Hey, this, this ad creative isn't going to work that long or the sales yeah. strategy, you know, it's going to become less gimmicky over time or more gimmicky over time. Sorry. You're in a tough environment now. And if you're, you know, just trying to copy everybody, like. I, you know, I hope you get lucky uh, because that's the only <laughs> thing that's going to save you.
0: And Just before we return to Profit well, then I'm just super curious to hear kind of, you're your, your kind of leading up to a tip, tipping point of where should we then be going for growth, uh, like looking out through the next couple of years then?
1: It depends, right? Like it depends on what you're doing. And I think it depends on like your TAM dynamics and your sales cycle. So what I mean by that is, is if you're selling a consumer product and that consumer product um, has a very short sales cycle, right? You're going to be, you have to be really good at ads. You have to be really good at ads. You have to go chase different places. And if you have the luxury, building up your own brand will help you more cheaply acquire those users and try to get repeat purchasers. But it's really, really hard, right? Um, It's really, really difficult, right? Um, yeah. in the world of like SaaS and the world of like, um, you know, B2B, I think it's like, it's, it's less about like, you know, anything innovative, right? It's going to be inside sales for a lot of folks. And it's going to be, yeah. you know, things like content and building up true media, not just like inbound marketing, right? Cause inbound marketing is, is basically just like, you know, a way of getting, you know, signal for, for people from the top of the funnel to the bottom of the funnel. Right. Mm. But I think it's just like, doing these things really, really well and then chasing where you get the most leverage. Some folks, yeah. your company's going to be really, really good at outbound. It might not be in one of your competitors in the direct market, they might be bad at outbound. it's still successful, right? Like it depends on your DNA a little bit. but yeah. I think the point I'm trying to make is like, yeah, there's, there's trends and I can talk to trends that are going on, but like the age of those trends is really, really difficult to like pinpoint because this stuff falls apart all the time. I yeah. think that there's some things that are undefeated though. I think that like, you know, really great audience building, like getting mm. truly great at it, which I would argue even profitable wasn't great at it. I think we were better yeah. than most, but we weren't great. I think that's going to be undefeated long-term. It's just going to get harder though, you know, which, yeah. is, which is why getting started early I think is so important.
0: And that's because the reason why you're saying that is that the competition is more intense <laughs> than ever. So actually being able to have that, strong relation to your buyer persona and really understanding like what is it that they care about and adding value to to that space
1: i think it's because relationships that you own like you know and that sounds dramatic but like a a relationship that you have a direct connection to yeah is is something that as long as you nurture that relationship you can keep going back to it right Yeah. Yeah, because i think that like Think of someone clicking on an ad, they click on an ad, they go look at whatever they're clicking on an ad about, and then they kind of make a decision whether they want to keep moving. And then they're kind of gone forever, right? Until you send them another ad. And like over time, there might be enough brand will that they're like, oh, I keep seeing ads from this company. Maybe we should talk to them. But even then, it's very, very short term. But with media or audience building, I don't know, like I can... We're known for SaaS. We're known, like, people knew me as the, pr- like, this is what's really funny, right? Like, we yeah. mentioned the churn talk that I gave, right? People knew me as just the pricing guy, right? And they st- there's some yeah. people who only know me as the pricing guy. They have no idea, right? And then there's yeah, people I who know me as the my churn first, guy. Uh, meeting Yeah. With as but me. now, but look, look what's kind of interesting. So I've all of a sudden we started going into retention. So all I started talking about was retention. I would still do pricing yeah. talks, but someone would come to me and be like, hey, do you want to do a pricing talk? And I'd be like, yeah, I can, but how about a retention talk, right? And they're like, yeah, yeah free content, whatever, right? So all of a sudden now that I was known as like a churn or retention guy, right? And then, you know, it just became like a SaaS guy, right? Because we published yeah. so much like SaaS content over time, right? Yeah, and right. so it's just one of those things where to answer your question, it's like, if I want to serve SaaS companies, right? If I want to sell to SaaS companies, yeah. I will have a career forever, right? Until I die, right? You know, if I want to do something different, then I have to like go rebuild another audience in somewhere else, right? Like yeah. the thing I'm thinking about personally is like, you know, what is my you know personal brand look like beyond just SaaS, right? Like that's something mm. that I'm thinking about, right? And I, I think it's you know not to make it about me, but like I think that's the I'm biggest doing. thing about you know business is if I own the lead, if I nurture that lead, and I I am providing value. There's enough of those people that I can call on to like buy something eventually, right? And, and yeah. I think that's that's the way to kind of think about some of these things.
0: Super nice. Just before we return to the profit well, infliction points, then there's a guy here that has a question for us. So it's, it's a pretty, you could say it's uh, simple, but it's maybe also worth like considering heavily. Um, how do you recommend to get a mentor? Or a, I guess like you could also ask. Who should you be trying to get as a mentor for yourself?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. i Did you have any yeah I'm a little more like, yeah, I think it's a really great question. i I found I don't know, like whenever you try to formalize this, I think it can it can like it didn't it didn't really work well for me. so here's what here's what I mean by that. So like i had I had a ton of people who helped me. And I had a ton mm. of people I learned from. And then there's some of those people I learned from consistent, meaning like kind of like a mentor relationship where like I would, um, you know, basically, uh, you know, talk like uh, the Wistia guys, the help scout founders, the wild bit founders and the litmus founders that group mm. in Boston along yeah. with me, we would like meet up at least a couple times a year, like on our little like foundry retreat and we would, learn from each other and we would hang out and we would do a bunch of different things right and so that was like the big thing that like helped me is like i had a little peer group right and yeah. enough of them were far and further further than me on a lot of things right so that we could like learn from each other right so that works yeah. really really well and then i had a bunch of different people that like i would foster relationships with i'd meet them at my conferences or i'd meet them at um you know just just different meetups or whatever and then over time i would like you know, I try to provide them value, try to provide them value. And then like, I would ask them like questions as mm-hmm. well, like as simple as like, what are you using for your, you know, payroll to, Hey, I, I don't, how do you, I, I saw you guys are really good at this. Like, how do you think about it? Right? Like that type of thing. Yeah. And, and I think that that there's two things there. One volume, like having a good group of people that you can kind of lean on. And then two, yeah. like making it a a very back and forth like I'm providing value like I would always like oh here's some new data I found like even if they didn't ask for it it's like there's something that I could have provided even though they were like further and I was asking them a lot of basic questions like I could provide them something so I think that's that's like the big thing now I think that if you want yeah yeah, totally give
0: and take relationship otherwise then yeah but it's
1: not but it wasn't like formal it wasn't like I asked them and I Mm. said like hey will you be my peer mentor will you be my mentor it was more just like no, I was building relationships and building friendships. And then it's easy to be like, Hey, what do you guys do for this? Or what do you guys do for that? Right? I yeah. think if you need something that is very deep, like you need something where like this person is going to prioritize you or prioritize mm-hmm. your business over themselves, yeah. over their own business, when they, when you have questions, I think you, you'd need to, to basically pay them. Like, and I think yeah. that like an yeah. advisor um, either, and I'm, I'm an advisor for many companies in like some of them. It's a, like, I just get some shares and I'm kind of like on call, which means like when I see their email and they're like, I have a question about this or, Hey, they need like 20 minutes. Like I'll just talk to them. Right. And I'll help them with what I can, or I'll introduce them to someone else. And then there's others that like, I, I actually get paid, you know, on a monthly basis to like, you know, spend time with them or look at their pricing or like do these types of things. Right. And so I think that's like helped. And then I've we also have advisors that we've given, you know, shares to and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. you know, previously. And and I think that's really powerful because what I didn't realize personally, because I try to be helpful, like there's a lot of founders who might be listening to this or you know, have listened to our content mm-hmm. in the past that I'll just get on the phone with them and help them with their pricing, like without any money and I don't yeah. know them and I don't have a relationship with them. But what I started realizing is like there's a lot of people that like it's just about time, right? And I'm finding that myself where it's like I just need as soon as someone has like paid me, I'm like obligated. I feel like I need to make sure they get a good experience. And I think that's a thing that I didn't appreciate for other people. I was like, well, why wouldn't people just get on the phone and help? Right. It's like, well, because people are busy, right. And they have to prioritize. (laughs) And so I think that like build peer groups and then at the end of the day, just, just, just pay people like, and it'll also make you think about the relationship as well and make sure it's the right person for you.
0: Yeah, I think for myself as well, like peer groups has really been something that has helped me, particularly on a like a tactical level. Find somebody at your level with <coughs> challenges and then have beers with them, go for burgers, really? go to, like a summer house and stay there for a few days. Stuff like yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. Um so if we say like one gear of Profit World was kind of the start writing blog posts, start building a little audience with some emails, and shipping those blog posts. What were kind of the next kind of lever in the engine that kind of started lifting the stuff for you? Then
1: I think that like that was we kind of, we kind of did that for years. Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> write a blog post, and, then, you know, publish it. But this was just when I was like I was the only marketer at at the company. Yeah. Um, and then it kind of became like, well, how do we do more of this, or how do I like get out of it more? So we started hiring some contractors to to yeah. write. Um, and I think that like the, the the next two gears, I would say, were um, just starting inside sales. Like inside sales was like powerful for us, like especially when like you're starting to build. I think inside sales with brand building is really really powerful because it just makes your inside sales more effective. Yeah. Um, so if you just use sh-
0: itself, it, for you, that basically means people who actually reacts on who signs up to the ebook or who creates a free account. Yes. Yeah, and outbound.
1: So inbound and outbound. Right. So like someone downloads an ebook, you have an inbound rep that basically is like, hey, I saw you download the ebook. Like, let's hang out. Right. And then outbound is, you know, obviously someone who's more cold or, or coldish. Right. And, and the reason I said these work in tandem with one another really well is that as your brand builds, outbound gets easier. Right. So they Mm -hmm. kind of feed each other. Um, And so I think that like
0: outbound. Exactly that when we started with outbound because we're completely new. new, So all messages that you would try, like reply rate would be super low because like who the fuck are you? (laughs) I don't know who you are. Yeah. But
1: that's okay. But that's okay though. It depends on what it is. Right. Like outbound, I think that if you're getting a cold um, outreach to call ratio of like 5% or more, 5% is not great right like profit wells was about 1820% which is insanely high i think you're normally targeting like 10% or higher but if you're getting like 5% or more like there's something there like it can improve over time but yeah outbound and inbound sales so like inside sales was um was good for us as a lever and then we started doing media which media is just audience building versus just yeah. you know seo building and uh with inbound media a lot of it was um just focusing in on um basically like building audiences through shows video uh, series podcast audio series and then i think the the biggest thing for us was finding that um as we started we just started putting a video for each blog post and as that started happening all of a sudden like the brand just skyrocketed because there's so many it's like very intuitive but like it's hard to like realize at the time people don't necessarily want to read <laughs> you know they want to you know yeah, they want yeah. to like watch or listen right and so that's that's kind of kind of how we structured things
0: in time is of the essence so they, maybe they want it on the commute instead where they don't have to read but they could just listen sure. write their bike or stuff like that did you do uh yeah, like, did yeah. you read out the blog post or did you record like a separate narrative to to put into the um, video
1: it was basically I mean, we should have scripted it in the early days, but we didn't. Uh, What we did is like we had the blog post. Normally it was a blog post I wrote. We then I had like an outline and then I would just kind of like speak to the outline and then it would be like doing too many takes. Um, So that's why we probably should have scripted it a little bit added you know, a teleprompter or something like that. That's where we got to eventually. Mm. But uh, yeah, yeah, that was kind of the the structure.
0: Yeah. How did you start monetizing the audience then? Because like, Yeah. I think that's like, um, from a business point of view, the disconnect sometimes comes if you only build the audience, but you know, don't make some dollars out of of that audience as well. Yeah.
1: But I think, I think that's, I think if, if your instinct is to go right to there, like it's not the, it's not the first thing you should be thinking about. Mm -hmm. And I know that sounds ironic coming from a guy with a math background, but the problem is, is like, you're trying to build brand and brand has measurable pieces, but it's not measurable overall. And if you're a marketer who only cares about measurement, you're probably going to fail. Like, and when I say fail, yeah. I mean your, your, your ceiling is gonna be a lot lower than you think. And here's the reason yeah. why, right? So we have the ability to measure as much as we can, the beginning and the end of something typically, right? Mm. That's where they downloaded the ebook. That's where they like came in off of, you know, this website. That's where they like filled out a form, whatever it is. And then did they become money? Right. So at a very high level, we can look at, okay, here's all the people that came in and here's how much money here's how much money we spent and here's how much money we made. Right. So that type of like measurement and then as much measurement as you can in between those two points is great. But if you're relying on perfection there, anyone asks you for perfection. They're they're probably very inexperienced, and the reason mm. is is because pure attribution is 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 not. It is an aim. It is not like it's 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 like you're never gonna perfectly get there. You're gonna get enough mm. of it, and if we can get eighty percent of it, ninety percent of it, that's amazing. Yeah, and yeah. that doesn't mean we don't like try. Right now, there's some people listening, and they're like, "I'm gonna not use these tools. I'm not gonna buy these tools." It's like, no, 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 buy the tools. Make sure someone's focused on it. Make sure you have a good ops like function that's trying yeah. to get there. But the reason I mention that is because if we were trying to measure money in the beginning, we would never have done it because mm. it's something that takes some time. Building an yeah. audience is not like, oh, great, I published two episodes, I made money, right? Yeah. It has to be like part <laughs> of a strategy where over time you're like, oh, great. Like we have these, like we have all these C levels and VPs listening to this show every single week. It's not Mr. Beast going viral. It's like, you know, we have 3000 people listening to this like content every single week. I can't even get a webinar that gets a thousand people per week. Right. Yeah. So it's like thinking through the logic of it and then letting the money kind of take care of itself within reason. Right. You're still mm. looking at the beginning. You're still looking at the end. So it's a very nuanced point, but I think it's like, like monetization the beauty of brand is like monetization comes from your software. And as long as you're going after the right audience and as long as you're measuring engagement on that audience and you're, as long Mm. as you're getting like the right people, all of a sudden, like the money takes care of itself, which is a hard thing to realize. It's a really, really hard thing to realize. And I I do think a lot of marketers know, like experienced marketers know that anyone who's like, well, how much money did that blog post make? It's like, Mm. Oh my God, what a stupid question. Like, it's, it's a great question, but it's like, that is not the thing you should fixate on. You should fixate on the overall data picture and the overall monetization picture.
0: Yeah, and like if maybe there is clearly some type of blog post that actually do yield more than others. So maybe it's yeah, more of yeah. a type of content that you need to develop rather than uh, than the other. Yeah, others. and to be clear, you should have
1: attribution software. You should be trying to get this better every single day, right? And And I don't want that to get lost, right? But it's kind of like a, I think the problem with a lot of like leaders when it comes to marketing is they think about like, well, I need this perfect thing. And if it's not perfect, I'm not going to do it or I'm not going to do anything. Right. And I think that's the issue. But I think what we realized being data like smart is we were like, okay, V1 of our data isn't going to be amazing, but it's going to be something right. Beginning and end. V2 of the data is... Okay, we can start to see and break stuff out. V3 of the data is we can start to break out a lot of stuff. V4 of the data, we can start to break out each blog post, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And we want to track that, right? And we want to take the most successful blog posts and we want to put them, you know, as you're talking about, like, we want to put them at the top of the page because there's something about them, right? Marketing is both a science and an art. And you yeah. don't want to be so science that you like shoot yourself in the foot and you don't want to be so art that you're not measuring anything. Right. <laughs> so
0: I've definitely, I've definitely been too science in my career earlier. Whereas yeah. like be more prone now to think about, let's speak to the right people with the right messaging first, and then we make sure yeah. we measure everything we can afterwards.
1: And that's the other thing, right? Measure everything. Make sure you can look at the data later. Like, I do believe in measure everything. I don't want that to get like to get that misconstrued. But the thing is, is like, you're not going to be able to like consume the information at every stage because you just don't have the time. And this is the other mistake a lot of people do is like, they're like 10 years into their business and they're like, we need attribution, right? And it's like, well, if you're measuring the data from the beginning or as close as possible from the beginning, then I can look back and look at everything. Right, mm. because I have the data, and I think that's super, super valuable. But it's it's kind of like knowing that you're not going to be that sophisticated now, but you're going to get more sophisticated every single quarter. And I think that's that's
0: the biggest thing with attribution that people miss. Yeah. What? Uh, how much time do you have left now, Patrick? Just to be respectful of uh...
1: whatever time you want. Yeah.
0: yeah. So <laughs> I spent nine hours uh, just saying. There you go. But I do yeah, have yeah, a yeah. three-year-old out <laughs> in the back I need to take care of at some point. Is there anything other kind of tangible stuff from the profit world journey that you think we should mention here that people could, could take and implement or at least think about for their business?
1: Yeah, lots of, hopefully lots of things, <laughs> right? You know, yeah. I think that like,
0: but I don't know. I, I think something um... tangible uh, that you guys did. I think I, I personally, I love these things where I can go back and, uh, and test it out.
1: Yeah, I think um, one thing we did that was really successful, and it still is successful, is um, video based outbound emails. Like if I sent you an email and I was just like, you know, hey, Patrick here from Profile, like there's an actual video and embedding, you yeah. can't view it in the email, but you can embed a thumbnail in the email. Yeah, and then, you go. um, yeah, and then that goes to a landing page. That was really, really successful.
0: I think adding imagine? a. Vi- Sorry? What did you actually have in that specific uh, video then?
1: It was, it was exactly what I just said. It was me okay. or a, a rep in front of a screen being like, hey, I'm Patrick, blah, blah, blah. There was a 60-second like video, scripted, all kinds of fun stuff, um, graphics, those types of things. Yeah, so that was a big thing. I think that adding video to each blog post I think is a big thing, like starting to do that. That was really, really powerful. Um, I think that's something that someone can tangibly and easily do. Um, but like most things, make sure you do like a hundred of them. Don't just do one and call it a failure. Um, like commit to the test. Um, and then I think a third one that might be helpful. Um, we did really well with events. Um, so I think the reason we do so well with events is because we treated it like we have to do well with events. Um, so what I mean by that is like, we would like go out of our way to like, make sure that, um, we're like, it has to be successful. So we have to have all these activations we have to make sure that like we're recording content in case it's a complete sales failure so we have you know some yeah. content from the experience you know we have yeah. to do extra supplemental events all that kind of stuff and so yeah i think um really really understanding events is is a huge huge thing
0: it's interesting with events it's kind of you've almost forgotten it from your playbook because of all this covid <laughs> That is kind of yeah, uh, yeah yeah That chapter doesn't even exist, uh, and, and now I know it, it does exist a lot again now. <laughs> you had a boat in Barcelona, for example, but if, at least yep. to myself, I've totally forgotten that. Hey, you can actually get some customers together, get some prospects together, give them a yep, good yep, presentation, yep. and let's see what happens. Yep 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 yep. Maybe the, as the last thing then, Patrick, then let's maybe just go through. I would love to understand why retention is the thing that you obsess about at the moment. And what are the few things you think is the most powerful in terms of taking that in a, in a positive uh, direction?
1: At the end of the day, lifetime value is the name of the game. Um, and so with lifetime value, like it has a function of two things how long people stick around, like how many months they're buying from you or how many times they yeah. repeat purchase, whatever you're one-time selling, and your price, right? And so I think that we focus so much um, both from an emotional standpoint, but from a budget standpoint as well, and there's there's good reasons for that, there's bad reasons for that, on the beginning of the relationship with a customer, like, hey, they became a customer, right? Amazing, let's give... Mm, yeah. um, you know, let's give everyone you know their bonuses. Let's high five. Let's report that. Let's get really excited. Let's hold a sales party. All those other things. And I think the issue is, is that like you look at the success of your company, and it it has nothing to do with that first moment. It has absolutely nothing to do with that first moment. It has everything to do with how long they stick around, how much they're paying you over time, etc. Right. So I think that like. Just logically, that's, that's why it's so important. Also, you improve those two levers, your monetization and your retention. It mm. has a much, much higher order effect in improving the overall um, success of your business than if you improve your sales and marketing. Mm. Um, you need to be good at everything, but that's like a big, big thing. Um, that's super, super important.
0: Yeah, and I guess like the good in- retention rate is an expression for them. <clears throat> willing to go to war for you because they're happy about what they're paying for your product.
1: Sure, and it's, it's okay if it's, like, they don't need to be, like, you know, the, 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 the best customer ever, right? They don't need to be referring people and stuff like that, like, right? That, that's amazing when you have those folks. But, like, have everyone be that. Um, but, yeah, it's just super, super important.
0: Then there's uh, just one small uh, request from, uh, from Laura here. Give us a yeah. little
1: churn, churn, churn rap, please. <laughs> no, I'm not going to. Thanks, Laura, but I'm not going to. But uh, um, big,
0: um,
1: but yeah, appreciate you having me. If, if I can be helpful, obviously, let me know.
0: Yeah, what do people do if uh, they want to reach out to you or try one of your two uh, services nowadays?
1: Uh, yeah, I'm just paticus on on Twitter, P-A-T-T-I-C-U-S. Um, and then uh, I'm on LinkedIn as well. I, uh, I do not check my LinkedIn messages uh, for better and for worse. So uh, <laughs> send, send me a DM on Twitter, um, or you can hit me up on PC at paticus.com if you want to hit me up on, on email as well.
0: Awesome stuff. Patrick, thank you so, so, so much for, for taking this time. I'm, uh, I learned a lot personally and. Uh, I'll definitely revisit the thoughts here <laughs> about. Awesome. Probably you'll see, Jeremy. I can see you're listening. So, we're gonna do some more videos for those blog ca- uh, pod- uh, Sorry, blog posts. Mm-hmm. We have with it's something we've considered, but just not, not really ever like. Let's just sit down and <laughs> record these videos to these blog. Posts. Yeah, they don't
1: have to be. Don't have to be complicated. Don't have to be complicated no. at all.
0: Thank you, Patrick. Uh, enjoy the day in Puerto Rico, and uh, I really appreciate you taking the time. Absolutely. See you guys. Bye. We hope you like listening to us. Subscribe to our podcast and the ones that we have been guests on. And if you have any feedback for us, uh, just do let us know. And should there be a guest that you think we should be talking to, then like pitch us. We're looking forward to seeing you.